This episode of The Career Musician features indie singer-songwriter artist Todd Widener. I've had the pleasure of producing a handful of songs for Todd these past few months, and let me tell you, this guy is an extraordinary singer-songwriter, lyricist, guitarist, and all the way around career musician. The late great folk singer-songwriter Bill Morrissey once pronounced Todd one of the best lyricists that he's ever heard. From punk bands to carpentry, Pink Floyd cover bands based in Nashville, and just about everything in between, you're not going to want to miss out on Todd's experiences as he shares with us right here on the Career Musician Podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) welcome Todd Wider to the Career Musician Podcast, my friend. Thank you so much, Nomad. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, yeah, and I, I... We'll get out of the way up front. You were, we've been hanging out here for a few days now, and you are an absolute prince of a man and a pleasure to work with. I, oh. I salute you, sir. Well, thank you, sir. And you are a scholar, scholar and a gentleman thank you. all on Both? your own. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because oh. uh, it is rare that we get to do the podcast these days here at the Nomad right. Place studio. Right. And, uh, of course, like you said, we've been tracking guitars. It's so much fun to do the overdubs. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's easy. You're an excellent coach. Oh, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And you're an excellent player and artist. Well, so. that, that high praise indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Coming, Mutual coming. admiration exactly. society uh, as it totally. were. Totally. I'm yes. just trying to keep up with you, brother. <laughs> well, no, it's cool because uh, it's so funny that... Okay, so for the listeners who may not know, Todd Widener is a solo artist, now singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's come from many bands, which we'll hear about in a minute. Right. I want to hear right. the whole backstory. Yeah. Uh, the whole sorted story. story. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we met through a dear mutual friend, yes. Jack Pyatt. Jack Pyatt. Bless Hello, his heart. Jack. Hello, there, there he is. is. <laughs> Two of my favorite mates. And it's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so we got Eric G. Manning, yes. the Pro Tools and the, the, the linchpin, the linchpin of the whole right. operation. There you go. Yes. There you go. Talent, uh, a talented, a talented gentleman in his own right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So we have a room full of talent here. The the good and thing, Jack. <laughs> oh, I like that. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. 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 Yep. <laughs> So what I like about working in this capacity, and I was telling you this yesterday, Mm, uh, you know, being a session guitar player, touring guitar player most of my career, and now, of course, I'm focusing on producing, composing, Mm. but it's always nice when I get to produce another guitar player who knows what's up. You know, uh, that way I don't have to like tell you every little note and I don't have to feed it. And, right. you know, and I don't have to do it myself. I can sure. just sit here with you and say, right. okay, let's do this. Let's try this. Let's yeah. Do and it's, and, and it's also from my standpoint, it's good working with such a, a great guitar player who knows how to speak guitar mm. and knows how to, to make suggestions too. So it's, it's right. definitely mutually beneficial. Especially yeah. when, when we use the technical terms like, give me another the flippity flop. Bit, the flippity bit. Yeah. The flippity yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's a lot of on, on, on this project. Well, you did a riff yesterday on one of your songs <laughs> where you entered into a new section, like a, a chorus or a bridge, mm. and it sounded like a drunk man stumbling down the stairs. Oh, that's exactly... Like, that was- I, I, I couldn't ask for more. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> I'm, I that's my specialty. Well, here's the funny yeah. part. When I said, you know that drunk part? And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you played it. And I was like, oh. like we, knew, we both immediately knew. Yeah, yeah we got, <laughs> so- we, it's guitarist shorthand. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. All right. So the, the career musician, our mission here is to focus on the empowerment of musicians for a sustainable career. Right. right? Yeah. 
That's a mouthful, right? It is. Because it as is. you know, <laughs> the, it's been a journey. The for words sure. music, yeah. career, and sustainability somehow don't always go together. Seldom, yeah, seldom, exactly. Not as often as they should, at the very least. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So starting there with that premise, yeah. you have done it successfully for many years. So I have been in the trenches for decades. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. I want to hear all about it. So let's start at the sure. beginning with okay. the inception of your, you know, how the bug bit you and your mm. bands and whatnot. Wow. Well, the bug, there, I guess there's several different milestones in that. I mean, when I was in kindergarten, I inherited a stack of scratched up 45 records uh, mm. from my mom and her sister kind of combined these beat up, no sleeves, just stacks. One of them was Elvis Presley's All Shook Up. That was the one that really sunk its teeth into me. Uh, so we, my sister and I, played those old records till they were even in worse shape. And uh, then you know, so I always kind of liked music. A few years later, I got my first transistor radio, and and I just it was magical. I was, I didn't really understand it. It was. I just love the fact that I could go in my room, lie down on my bed, turn the radio on, and that was always in there. It's yeah. like any time I needed it to be. I didn't, I, and that that sounds like I had some traumatic upbringing. I really didn't. I had a very privileged. I was very lucky to to have the upbringing I had, and it, there was nothing particularly traumatic. But it was just nice to escape into music, and and yeah. even before I had any inkling of wanting to play that was there it was just yeah, it was it had this kind of magical power over me i would just, yeah how did you get from that point to oh shoot i'm a guitar player like well, that's yeah <laughs> i know we have bonded on eddie van halen oh, a lot i mean man, that was yes, he was certainly a giant from for me and you but uh, actually i i i can pin it down to i think i can pinpoint maybe three albums yeah that I got um, Jimi Hendrix's Smash Hits, that old early greatest hits that was actually released while he was still alive, uh, and uh, Stray Cats, Built for Speed, Brian Setzer, I would Little not Rockabilly. have guessed that. Yeah, 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 and um, and uh, Princess Purple Rain. Ah. I heard Let's Go Crazy on the radio, yeah. and I thought that that solo came up at the end, and I was like, I have no idea what he's doing, but. It would be pretty bitching to know how to do to that. Figure that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still can't. But I love it. But yeah, and that whole album is just fantastic. I mean, I don't, I don't need to tell you. Yeah, yeah. That whole absolutely. album is incredible. And yeah, so after that, and I, and I went through these weird phases. I spent a year in junior high listening to nothing but Glenn Miller and Benny Goodman and like forties, thirties, forties swing. Mm. And it's then good I, to have that swing background, it, man. That jazz. The background. role. You know, Keith Richards always talk yeah. about rock and roll. Now the trouble is now nobody nobody remembers the role. It's all just rock now the role is <laughs> I love it. very important but uh, i love it and yeah and, and that trend you know and that and that morphed into late 40s r&b which i adore louis jordan and things like that and mm. and, and and it became early rock and roll and right. uh, so i had all that going on in my head my dad was dad didn't really play any instrument he kind of played harmonica but he he knew thousands of songs and he would sing he had this he has this beautiful bass resonant bass voice and he would sing right. all these songs Mom wasn't particularly musical. They had a few record albums like you know, Simon and Garfunkel and Kingston Trio and old Peter Paul and Mary early you know coffee house folk stuff. There you go. And so I I learned harmonies through that. And then I got I went through you know I grew up in the Midwest so you know it was the eighties 
heavy metal, hard rock, classic rock. You know, that's what I cut my teeth on. That's still sort of home base for me. It's, it's so yeah. brilliant to have that diversification because yeah. you just mentioned, I like how you out, outline certain things. You have the swing, you yeah. know, then mm-hmm. you have the folk era where you mm-hmm. learned harmony. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the 80s, hard rock and metal. And obviously that's where you got it. Yeah. Because here's the thing, you know, and I've, I've listened to a lot of the podcasts and, and, and it's it's funny because, you know, a lot of your guests come have gone to school for this. And right. I have never really, I'm not educated in that way. Mm. So... I kind of went about it a different way. I just sort of, I, I am just a fanatic about music. I'm a nerd about music history. I am right. really into tracing somebody I like, what are their influences? And then what are their influences? Going back three or four generations right. and trying it all together. And I have a really good sense of perspective and reference. You know, if you can, if you could tell me, like, play the Mixolydian scale, I might be able to puzzle it out if you gave me enough time. But if, mm-hmm. but if you say, Give me, uh, give me Santana. Yeah. I can do the Dory, yeah, you because know, I know he's Dory. Right. He just does Dorian a lot. And but Mixolydian might be Mark Knopfler, right? So exactly, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, 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 if you give me a name or mm-hmm. a band, I can, I can cop it because well, see, I, I never learned how to read or write music. I just. But see, that's a great point, and yeah. I know there's so many listeners that will be able to identify with this. Yeah. You didn't go to school per se, but right. you self-educated. Absolutely. And that's yeah. and, and you think about before the institution of school was developed, mm-hmm. how did people learn? Exactly. Yeah. Well, they showed the, the oral next tradition. And, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you learned from. Yeah, it's a, a great way to develop your ear for sure. Right. You know, I've, I I in in lieu of having you know theoretic theory knowledge, I I, yeah. I had a really good ear, and I would can you know pick out chord voicings if I need to. Well, that's yeah. important. You have to have a good ear. But this yeah. is what I always tell people. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an artist, you it's actually almost better sometimes not to study mm. because you don't want to let your academia mind kick yeah. in when you yeah. should just be feeling from the That's, heart and soul. I am all about the vibe right? and the soul. Yeah. 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 I I I will I would much rather listen to something sloppy with a good feel than yeah, something yeah. perfect. You That's know? right. Yeah. And there's there's a place for perfect too as well. It's beautiful. It can be very beautiful. But uh, yeah, exactly. I totally agree. A lot of times people concentrate on the theory and to the detriment of the the point of music which is to make people feel things right yeah. there you go well yeah. and, and that's the perfect mo to have if you're an artist now mm-hmm. i know from the many conversations that you jack and myself have had mm-hmm. that you had a lot of different bands and permutations thereof mm-hmm. you both grew up in the ohio area yeah. um <clears throat> through uncle george we got to give a shout yeah, out uncle to uncle george. george uncle g Props baby to uncle george yeah thank you for introducing these two gentlemen um so tell us about your foray into band land if okay. you will well it started off with a bunch of you know high school yeah. awful sounding out of tune high school <laughs> cover bands like everybody else you know uh it, it was years before i'd been playing in bands for years before it even occurred to me that somebody's writing these songs and mm-hmm. and you can do that too so I kind of gradually shifted. I, you know, I started hearing bands like REM, and you know, when I went when I went to college out of high school, I started getting exposed to a lot of the quote. Well, it was college rock back then. It's kind of before yeah. it became alternative rock, and now it's whatever it is. But uh, that's right, college underground rock. left of the radio dial rock, and that's and right. so that got me exposed to a whole new school. The REMs things. You know, I, I started kind of moving away from the hard rock, hair band, heavy metal thing. 
into more a songwriting oriented direction and remember uh, toad the wet sprocket oh yeah right yeah. that's that category exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the jangle the jangle yeah that's when the jangly guitars mm-hmm. were invented i feel like or but, at least uh, yeah i mean concrete or, or right? yeah they, yeah. they took the the birds and and, and yeah. all the other stuff and, and, and right. yeah and then added that that alternative rock soup yeah that, you know that, that ruled the, the airwaves for a while and then i you know and also through hard rock i got my gateway was also in bands like Jane's Addiction and Soundgarden. You know, the kind of it's it's heavy enough. You know, I can I can listen to it without being embarrassed about it. <laughs> but there's also other you know little things like you know Bauhaus creeping in and yeah, yeah the post punk yeah, yeah. things and 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 so I started my first initial songs that I started writing were very much in the Seattle kind of thing. Mm-hmm sludgy a lot of brrr, you know really slow bend strings and and yeah and the, the early songs like everybody's early songs were terrible yeah <laughs> it took me a long time before i had something i was actually proud enough to show other people and right. it's a lot of trial and error well that that's the perfect segue because yeah. really the focus of of what we're talking about today is the production process as mm-hmm. an evolution Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm producing your new record, mm-hmm. uh, a good portion of it, mm-hmm. probably about half of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to cultivate and shape and mold this artistic being right before our very eyes. And I say we're doing it together because you you bore the songs, right? The songs mm-hmm. came from right. you. Right. And then now I'm helping, like, you know, yeah. you know, kind of cuddle them up and, you know, we're together we're, how do you say with a baby when you wrap it in the cloth oh, swaddling we're swaddling, yeah, we're these, swaddling songs these songs together right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know so that is the the focal mm-hmm. point here yeah. uh but i will say this all of that stuff that you experienced early on mm-hmm. and all of those different bands and a lot of the failures the attitude yeah. stuff or mm-hmm. the you know not being able to communicate properly right. with band members yeah. or not being able yeah. to put your finger on a sound and, and dialing it in right I feel like all of that is necessary to get to this. Point. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That, yeah. Imagine us doing this now. You would. Yeah. You we might not well. even be doing it. Yeah, now. You, you, we, we would, wouldn't be well equipped. It's yeah. gotta. I. You know, sometimes if it comes too easy, if somebody has a true gift, they don't. They don't appreciate it. That's and right. That's right. It's the ten thousand hours is really valuable because you have to sit through a lot of crap, mm-hmm. and if you're still hanging in there after that, you know you're a lifer. You're 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 in, you're good. You're good for life. And, that's right. And you, you you notice things improving. You notice the songs. You're starting to learn how to do it. And you're like, okay, well, this is where a bridge should go. Right. Before you didn't mean you may not even know what a bridge was. You know. Right. So right. you're just constantly accumulating aha moments happening. You know daily or weekly you know and you're accumulating all this stuff and you just kind of file all the information away in your brain and Mm -hmm. before you know it you've got a you've got a bunch of songs that you're actually not embarrassed to play to other people and i I love that and and i want to talk about that actually i want to talk about how you cut your demos that's just we're going to save that okay before we get there this is what i want to know because there's so many artists out there whether they live in another country or somewhere somewhere else in america across the country itself so many are trying to get to LA. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to be in LA. I want to get out west. Yeah. I got, you know, like so many before us. Yeah. So, what was the impetus there for you? What brought you here? What brought me to the West Coast, the West Coast. was actually my wife. Uh, she got a, a job. We, we live up in the Bay Area in mm-hmm. Santa Clara, and she got a, a tech job, gotcha. uh, like so many people up there. Right. And you know, she had kind of ended up 
basically going. We were we're we're both natives of Dayton, Ohio. So it's like about a half and half an hour north of Cincinnati, kind of the southwestern corner of the state. Right. And it's 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 it was a great place to grow up and a great place to live. And but we had kind. Of, Patrice had gotten to the part. My wife had gotten to the part where she. she she had advanced as far as she was going to go mm. in in that field there. Big so, fish and small ponds. Exactly, yeah. very much so. And uh, so, yeah, she she started looking outward, and we were looking at a couple different cities, but uh, the San Francisco area was definitely a, a prime candidate. And she ended up getting a good job out there, so we we settled up and and it, it was at that point was like you know I'm I'm about ready to kind of test my wings after decades, literally. You know, right, I, right. I, I I was kind of. I was sort of a fixture uh, on, on, on the Dayton music scene. And it's... Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons... Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. We had shared with me about that. It sounds yeah. like you were the same big fish in small pond definitely, absolutely, kind of yeah, yeah, and which is great up to a point. You know, yeah. it's it's the Dayton music scene. For for those who don't know, it's not a big town. It was a, a former industrial kind of a rust belty sort of mm-hmm. bits of big General Motors town. That industry left. Wow. But the music heritage, the town is only maybe I guess three hundred fifty thousand people, but. From that town, you have Roger Troutman and Zap. You have Ohio Players. You have Sun. You have Slave. It's the it's like the home of funk. Yeah. King Records was in Cincinnati, half an hour down the road, where James Brown and all these early R and B people recorded. And Bootsy Collins still lives in Cincinnati. It's it's Bootsy a Bootsy, yeah. Baby. <laughs> and for rock and roll, the Breeders come from Dayton, Ohio. Guided by Voices comes from Dayton, Ohio. It's got a huge wow. bluegrass scene because the people were moving up from Kentucky to get auto factory jobs. Wow. So there's all that heritage, and it's just an incredibly rich music heritage. In you there. are a music historian. I love it. I love it. It's it's yeah. it's my passion. Yeah. yeah. It's so. It led to me having a radio show for five or for five years on a public station in in, in wow. Yellow Springs, just outside of Dayton, where I just 
just played whatever. What I, was I, the topic? What was the? It was it was a three hour music show. I would have it was called the Jewel Case, and I would have a theme each week. I would do one hour of kind of celebrating birthdays, giving shout outs to to musicians who passed. That would kind of form the framework of the first hour. But then I would in the second and third hour I would pick a theme, yeah. and just draw songs from all genres that had something to do with that theme, and I Love kind it. of curated this huge show. It was every literally anything goes. So you would curate these playlists, play yeah. the original recordings, mm-hmm. and then connect the dots for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could have Ella Fitzgerald and Bad Brains within three songs because it was I a public radio that. station that let me do whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because within it's about, reason, yeah. It's about the culture. It's about the yeah. art itself. It's all about there are tying no, yeah. strings together and figuring out where the connections are. There's no yeah. bubblegum popsicle sticks exactly. to tie together. <laughs> right. But back to my point, about yeah. Dayton is such a, a rich, fertile music scene and, mm. and the talent in that town still to this day is mm-hmm. way above average. And it is a very nurturing scene. I'd say every time I've passed through, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's quaint town. It by is. The... It's cool. It's very fr- and it's very inexpensive. It's a good place to be based if yes. you're a musician because you, Chicago, Nashville, all these cities are within say, five hours. Chicago, Detroit, yeah. Nashville, mm-hmm. anywhere. Bam, right. Right, Wisconsin, yeah. you know, Milwaukee. Now the downside of it being a nurturing music scene, it can also be a little dangerously insular, and that's mm-hmm. where the big fish in the little pond comes in. You kind mm-hmm. of live in your own little echo chamber. Right. And I figured it was it would probably be healthy for me to start. You know, we we had I had a band for well twenty seven years and counting called Shrug. We've got six albums out, um, and we yeah we were just we were kind of mainstays in in the rock scene in in, in Dayton, and yeah. we due to various things, we had a few we did some we did some traveling early on. Uh, we went we played new, places like New York City. We played North by Northeast in Toronto. Yeah. We had a few forays out there. Uh, almost got signed to Bad Boy Records at one point. When, when, uh, well, he was he was Puff Daddy back then. Did he? You was, and Jack were talking yeah, about this. Yeah. Tell yeah. us how, how did that yeah, transpire? Well, that was we were on a we were on a label uh, based in New York in the Bronx called Rock Records, and nice. and it was uh, run by a gentleman much like yourself, a producer engineer who had worked uh, with a lot of different people, among others. Uh, he was uh, an, an engineer on Madonna's Erotica album, and so he had a lot of New York scene connections. There you go. And yeah, so he, through a friend of his who worked for Bad Boy, uh, wanted to. You know, we were we were looking at maybe signing a publishing deal with Bad Boy. This was when this was when Diddy was kind of trying to branch out into rock. He had a band called Fuzzbubble for a while I on his on his label. Yeah. yeah. And so we ended up going to the big high-rise building and 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 meeting him, and uh, it ended up just the, the 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 deal we were offered just didn't ring right. It was just yeah. it didn't seem quite kosher. Not 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 maybe it was kosher, but just yeah. didn't not fair. Hey, it not happens. fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Deals so don't always work out. Yeah. We were just walking around New York City. We just did. We just meet Puff Daddy, <laughs> and I love that. so yeah, and and that one thing didn't lead to another, and yeah. so there there was that. Um, and then you know, as 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 the band evolved, we got a, we got a lot of uh, radio campaigns. We, you know, we we charted on CMJ. We 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 charted in clear channel stations around the country. Right. We didn't unfortunately have uh, the ability to capitalize on that. You know, we okay. were we were we were starting families. We were getting day jobs. It's mm-hmm. it's it's part of the Dayton thing where, you know, it's really really hard to make a living as just a musician in Dayton. It can be mm-hmm. done, but it's mostly it's what you do when your day job lets out. And that's right. how I was a carpenter. I did all kinds of construction and restoration work. Wow. And so, just for whatever reason, you know, we just kind of stayed close to home. I I just drew a connection there. Yeah. That's why you love working on guitars. 
Your Probably carpentry is. skills. Yeah, my tinkering, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's so. Awesome. That's true. I maybe yeah. I don't think I've even made that connection at all. <laughs> but uh, you know, I was I was in some other bands in Dayton that did that did do some touring. I played bass in a band called the Motel Beds for several years. We right. we started we 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 headed out for for a good while. I spent five years in a Pink Floyd tribute band. We talked about yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Gilmore being a, a definitely for both of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that was an education I would recommend to anybody. Yeah. Uh, and it the band was based in Nashville. I remember you saying yeah. that as well. So you were commuting to go do rehearsals so before the gigs? band even played a gig for about two months. I would get up on Sunday morning about six a.m. I would drive to Nashville, get there around noon, grab lunch in the car. We would rehearse until about seven at night, and then I would drive home. Get home about midnight, one o'clock, and then I would get up and work my construction job the next day. So we did that for two months straight before we were figured we were ready to play, and then then the gigging started. So I would almost every weekend again drive down to Nashville. We'd get in the van and then drive off to wherever we were playing that that that, that weekend. You know, weekend See, warrior. See, that's thing. that that's weekend warrior mileage to the next level. That's like yeah. you know, you've paid your dues at it that. Was point. It was insane. I was exhausted yeah. all the time because yeah. it's no sooner had I gotten used to the 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 musician schedule, I would have to go back and work. You know, work on houses five all, day all week. work right. week doing construction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So wow, it was exhausting, but but. Tribute band, I, I couldn't recommend, it's, it's, there's nothing like taking a deep dive deep into somebody dive. else's yeah. style. And yeah. and our goal in that band was to sound ex- as much like the records as we can. We didn't bother with the lasers or the light shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's logistically for what we were doing too hard right. to, to manage. But we just said, let's sound as much like the records as we can. We had a three and a half hour show. We had three guitar players covering all the parts and the textures. We had a wow. keyboard, two keyboard players, and one, one of which doubled on sax. And wow. It was a big production. All we all sang, and yeah. it was fun, and it was. I we were really we we were really good at sounding like the albums. Yeah, you know, it's we didn't have the whole visual show, but uh, I would I would have put us up against pretty much any of the Pink Floyd acts traveling around. It was great. G- guitar nerd moment for yeah. uh, for for a minute here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I love <laughs> guitar players will understand this. I love the fact that again, I said it to you earlier. I said I can drop a reference and you just nail it. You know, <laughs> so you and I have talked about this. We've yeah. gone from Angus Young to Eddie Van Halen to David Gilmore yeah. to Jimi Hendrix. All the to, classic know, rock favorites. All, all yeah, Bob Marley. I don't care who it is. And yeah. you, like you were saying, Ohio players mm-hmm. or James mm-hmm. Brown. Anything really, classic rock, funk, soul, R and B, country. We talked yeah. about uh, singer songwriter Steve yeah, Earle. Sure. We talked yeah. about mm-hmm. country pickers, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, so I love that Buchanan and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there there is such a, a dialect there that only you know, as we call pickers, you know, guitar mm-hmm. slingers would yeah. know, and yeah. uh, it's really cool to have that on on instant call. Right. It is, yeah, and and, and I was lucky enough to have developed my ear to the point where I could I could pick up because yeah I never right. really I took one course in music theory in in yeah. college I did okay at it but I'd already been playing guitar for so long right that I couldn't figure out how to apply that to okay because you know there's there's five but, different places on the neck you can play this note yeah, yeah. sometimes right. more <laughs> yeah yeah but here's the I think here's the underlying point that I'm mm-hmm. getting to. Amidst all of those influences, you yeah. still sound like Todd Widener. 
Oh, I thank still you. sound like Nomad, yeah. you know, yeah. and and Eric G still sounds like him, you know, because we all do our own thing, and musically, that's what's important. It and is. I don't care if you talk yeah. to the virtuoso of the virtuosos; yeah. that's what they're going to tell yeah. you. Yeah, it's your own little fingerprint is how you um, amalgamate all the different things you yes. dig, and yes. and hopefully, you can amalgamate them into a unique way that becomes your way. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay, switching gears. Okay. Now, yeah. here at The Career Musician, we are launching an initiative uh, in late 2020, early 2022. I can't believe mm-hmm. I'm saying that already. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's all about how to record like a pro from home. Okay. Now, let me tell you, everybody listening, Todd, so as the producer, I get firsthand, you know, bid on his demos is mm-hmm. you know so uh, jack the executive producer and todd say okay we have these songs and they send me these songs and i listened to the demos and uh, my first inclination was well jack why are we re-recording these these sound great you know <laughs> wow. so it's like so here's my point mm-hmm. in your dining room as you have divulged mm-hmm. of an apartment yeah. nonetheless right with a helix line six yeah. and garage band garage on your laptop band, macbook pro yeah macbook pro and a shore 57 mic mostly yeah you have cut demos that truly <laughs> sound like a pro so again we are launching this course yeah. and you'll definitely get i want you to be a oh. beta tester oh my fact. gosh yeah be honored <laughs> so yeah. uh where we painstakingly walk you through how to record professionally from mm-hmm. home you have really nailed that process. Thank you. Uh, I don't care if you think that your, you know, your workflow is not dialed in. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The end result speaks that you have nailed it. Thank you. I, so tell us I, about I, that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, tell us how you ventured upon that and how did you really hone it? Because the pandemic, one word. Okay. You know, it's uh, really so. Before that, you had no. I had done a little. Yeah. Okay. But there was nothing else to do you know yeah. i had nothing going on you know i i had just started playing with a few different groups in san francisco we had some gigs lined up and whoop, you know felt pulled, it, yeah. rug got pulled out yeah. so i had a handful of songs going into the pandemic um that uh, had had reached the ear through my buddy jack uh yeah. of, of some some we'll we'll get to those later i guess but uh <laughs> anyway so the pandemic happens. What am I going to do? I can't. I can't even. I'm legally not. We. Are, I'm not allowed to be in the room with my bandmates. What am? Right. So it's like. Well, I right. guess I'll go back to writing songs. And I did. I had maybe four songs for this project coming into that. I came out uh, with 19, and mm. it was also a. You know, I. I was able to just learn to teach myself how to use garage band you know I so, so you crack open the macbook yeah. day one mm-hmm. and you said oh i th- i think i have garage band here and you and literally <laughs> right. clicked on it and that's well I, I had been using garage band for a, a, i'd done a few songs before then okay. but this was the pandemic was a really good opportunity to focus on that and so just, you resolved i exactly i and i and i yeah i'm still i'm, I'm still you know trying to hone it I'm there, you know, if each song sounds a little better than the one before it, then you're, you're going in the right direction. But yeah. that's my whole point. I think it doesn't matter the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually what we're, that's the common thread of the course. Mm-hmm. I don't care which DAW you're using, digital audio mm-hmm. workstation, it, whether it's GarageBand, yeah. freaking Fruity Loops, Acid, 
Pro Tools, Logic, mm-hmm. Ableton, and yeah. so forth, mm-hmm. the big dogs. Yeah. It doesn't matter as long as you understand how to put sounds together. Right. You know, and, and, and you have yeah. to kind of tweak it. Yeah, and, and there are tutorials, and and and, and you know, I, I got a I got a, a, a the mixing mixers engineer handbook, the Bobby Alzinski book, which there helped a lot. I I got from my friend this, this invaluable sheet, the frequency cheat sheet. Yeah, you like know, the one yeah, the door here. right, yeah. yeah. It's exactly. like if if, yeah, if yeah. you got if the bass yeah. is muddy, try this try, this, right, this, right. this band, and and that right. was invaluable. That right. once I got that, it was just a question of just doing it over and over again mm-hmm. until you started getting a feel for it. And I'm That's still right. getting a feel for. I, I still yeah. feel I've got a long way to go. But I really appreciate you saying that about the demos because you hear demos all the time. And, Absolutely, well, and I never had any illusions about them being anything but demos because I was using the garage band drums and mm, it's just you know I've grown up playing with live yeah. drummers and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's not really a thing unless there's a guy playing the, the kit yeah. well so. it's funny everything that we do here and mm. I say that all the time as a producer as a composer I do not record demos yeah. everything I do is a master recording right. now whether it gets used for its original intended purpose or not mm-hmm. doesn't matter because yeah. I repurpose everything yeah. and yeah. that's the beauty it's, of being the creator Great. of what you do right <laughs> so if it doesn't get used for this film or this TV show or this record then guess what it's going to end up in my music library right. and then it's going to get reused down the line exactly. somewhere else I yeah. guarantee you that so there's nothing wasted on the cutting room floor that's right and 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 I do I do a similar thing. It's like if, if I don't yes. if I don't want to bother opening up GarageBand, the the voice memos on the phone is is wonderful. You can get an idea down, Man. and then I just accumulate fifty of those, and then I'll I'll go through them. I'll say I'll I'll, I'll put them in little folders on my on my computer. It's like these yeah. are these are ideas in A A minor B, and so if Beautiful. I'm if I'm writing a song and I'm kind of stuck on where to go, it's like it should, it should go to C here. And then I'll go open up the C folder and see if there's anything, a little snippet I did that might be similar. It's yeah, beautiful. you've got I little snippets that. where you can. Now, do you have a G flat folder? Be honest. No. <laughs> no. Those are the expensive keys, man. I can't play on those expensive keys. I love it. I love it. So, so here's the other thing, which is really cool. Several, several of the demo stems. Mm-hmm made it to the final album i'm so thrilled about that <laughs> that makes me so happy and it was completely unexpected it was it was i never had any any goals with those demos other than just to lay the songs out and kind of get arrangements so well, it's funny because i heard the guitar solo on one and mm-hmm. I, we walked into the steakhouse studios the, mm-hmm. the day we were tracking and i said todd yeah you don't need to replay that solo we're just going to use the one on the demo and i and breathed a sigh of relief and then wipe, <laughs> wipe my brow it's a good i'm fine with that uh. and it sounds badass <laughs> and you Thank recorded you. it as, this is a shameless plug i do endorse line six yeah. but this is a shameless plug uh you, you recorded it on the helix yeah I gotta no give amp. a shout out to the Helix. Yeah, I did the but thing it sounds a, like you mic'd it up, uh, pushing air. You know. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I. That was an absolute lifesaver. Yeah. If, if I, if I had gone into the pandemic without a garage band and be the Helix, because I live. Yeah, like you said, I live in an apartment. I can't right. crank an amp up. Right. Those two. Those two products are why i have this batch of songs i love like, it so there you go so yeah, technology yeah, affording us absolutely. the opportunity to do what yeah. we want at a large scale yeah that you know a couple decades ago was not at our fingertips yeah if the pandemic had hit, had hit 25 years ago there would be no records being made there for the yeah. first part of it because nobody 
outside a few people, you know. Right, right. But now anybody can, anybody with a laptop can can make an album right. now. Now is, I had the Tascam Porta One, yeah, uh, eight track cassette recorder yeah. or four track cassette recorder. Yeah, I had I had something called a Sinclair. It was uh-huh. it was. Not a Sinclair. No, Sinclair. Oh, far from it. No. Sinclair at the time was like yeah. 30 grand. Yeah. Sinclair, I got it in Columbus, Ohio, it was at this furniture closeout store, you know, where they were just getting rid of stuff that wouldn't sell. It, it was nice. this, about the size of half, of half the size of a dorm refrigerator. Wow. It was a turntable on top. It was a double cassette deck with a tuner. So it was a stereo, but there were also faders and knobs and channels. It was a four track studio there as well. I love that. It was just a piece of crap, but <laughs> but vibey. I but bet. it was, and and it got me started doing stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. and then I just sort of didn't really invest in any better stuff. When that thing died, I just sort of started using a boombox, and there you and go. the idea was I would just take the song ideas to band practice anyway, and I would just mm-hmm. show the guys what I've got in mind, and then we'd work out and play it out live, workshop it, and then it was sooner or later it was time to go to a studio and record it. <laughs> I so it. I, I, I basically jumped from that that piece of junk to garage band I, there wasn't really a whole lot of in between there was a couple like a decade or so of time but yeah you made it work you made it work now speaking of the new album yes because we've been in the trenches working on yeah. it uh, mm-hmm. we've tracked uh, you know several days so far and mm-hmm. we've done a bunch of overdubs and we're moving into more tracking sessions yeah. i mean we're, we have steve ferroni on the phone <laughs> i you know i mean come on that's pretty uh i yeah, this is especially coming from my background where I, you know, as as much of a music history nerd as I am and just how the high regard I hold my musical heroes to to have these people interested and available in yeah. helping me out. I I am still at the stage of my career where I'm just really having trouble grappling with that reality. Yeah, well, here's the good news. Yeah. Uh, no need to grapple <laughs> because I'll put it in, in, the, in the words of the great Quincy Jones. He said, any producer worth their salt, any mm-hmm. good producer knows how to use their Rolodex, perhaps mm-hmm. one of the most yeah. important instruments in their toolbox. Yeah. That just means you know how to make the right calls, right? Mm-hmm. So when Quincy was producing, you know, all of his, geez, legendary body of work, yeah, you know, when he, where you start, yeah, when he yeah. called Greg Fillinganes, yeah. you know, or Herbie mm-hmm. Hancock, yeah. or or J.R. Robinson, you know, these are making the right calls. Mm-hmm. So I want to say this, and you know, I've always had. Uh, extreme reverence for those who came before me yeah. just like you do mm-hmm. so you know and for those who don't know steve ferroni tom petty average, average white band, white band yeah. just just to just to scratch the surface yeah. and then his master of the pocket exactly yeah. exactly so for me to be able to pick up my phone and to have these numbers logged yeah. in there i am very grateful you yeah. know i don't take that for granted yeah and and when i call steve ferroni or nathan east mm-hmm. you know uh and they return the call and they say, sure, yeah, we'd love, oh, right now I'm out with Eric Clapton, but, you know, as soon as I get back from that, you know, right. it's, it's, it's really yeah. thrilling and I, and I am so grateful, so grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm even more grateful to be able to experience that with new people and bring it into yeah. our little yeah. circle and yeah. what we're doing. And so your album is stacked. We also, today, who came into the studio, Ashley Davis, yeah. who sang with Prince. Yeah. She sang on his whole last just, just album. Stopping you know. by. Yeah, exactly. Just 
So she's going to be on a tune. Uh, Tim Carmen also, yeah. uh, you know, list goes on, but Eric Clapton as yeah. well. Yeah, these are heavy, heavy cats. You know, and exactly. We, uh, Chris, as I call him, Figgy Thigpin, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Megan Trainer's bass player, right. Robin Diaz, who's yeah. out with Candlebox right now, and a whole host of uh, other rock yeah. bands. Life, another lifer you know? for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then and then this is where, damn it, I dropped my little note, sticky notepad. Jack says, "Okay, Nomad, you're going to produce these songs." Oh, but then by the way. You know, I have Jack Douglas and, and Shelly Yakis on yeah. the phone, and they're going to produce the other half. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> well, let me tell you what, it, and that was what, and and that was what I was alluding to earlier. That yeah. that was one of the first batch, one of the first batch of songs uh, through Jack reached the ears of Jack Douglas and Shelly. Right. right, and they they were really into it, and that was a hugely it was a hugely validating thing and also a vaguely terrifying thing because at mm. that point I was just dipping my toe into the new chapter. Right. And to immediately get validation on that level right. from people I grew up listening to the work of, yeah. you know, all the Aerosmith albums, Alice Cooper, New York Dolls. Yeah. So when they say, oh, I like your songs. John like, Lennon, yeah. Ooh, right, and that led yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I ended up speaking on the phone to both of them and it was just I'm standing in my kitchen talking to the guy who produced all of John Lennon's albums and then I produced then I talked to the guy who engineered Moondance and Imagine (laughs) and Damn the Torpedoes Mm. and I'm just kind of floating outside myself looking down on myself in the kitchen watching myself talk to these people and managing not to make a complete ass of myself and then I just sort of went for a walk I walked down the street to McDonald's and just sort of sat there and just blinked it's like I don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Okay. So why did you have to walk to McDonald's? Couldn't I just, you find that's, my- I just, I just, just, I just started walking. I ended up at a McDonald's. I don't know. It wasn't just, like a yeah, cool vibey bar, yeah. or coffee shop. I, I told my know? wife, it's like I gotta, I just, I gotta, I gotta take a walk. I gotta take a walk, and then before I know 38 it, thirty-eight billion served. Yeah, that's where right. I'm going. I, I, yeah, throw, throw something else in there. Vibey bar. <laughs> yeah, but well, and and here's and here's where the thing. You know, and I, as I mentioned, mixed feeling. I am incredibly flattered, incredibly honored beyond words to to catch the ear of these people. Right. And at the same time, from wherever it comes from, you know, it's I I have I and I've heard, I've heard you talk about it to other guests. You know, the the, the notorious imposter syndrome. Mm. Where I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's you know, it's something I have battled with. I don't know. I think it. Part of it comes from where I come from, and the you know the fact that we're kind of underdogs in the Midwest, and and you know the Dayton, they're kind of the underdogs of Ohio. We've kind of got a chip mm-hmm. on our shoulder, but we're always this could go away at any moment, mm-hmm. and you're just you know I I so I'm constantly waiting to be you know. But that's a sense of gratitude that can't be bought. It is. 
yeah, it makes and, you really appreciate it when good things yeah. happen. And I yeah. wish I wish more of the population of our globe yeah. <laughs> possessed that yeah. deep gratitude. Yeah, it is. It's it's and and yeah, the last. Well, you know, then the pandemic happened, so all these great plans immediately yeah. just well, they're still on the table, but who knows when we're, this is going to happen? So, yeah. on top of just the general anxiety of, of of a situation the world has never seen before, you mm-hmm. know, the modern world has never seen before. Beyond. I've got all this cool stuff lined up somewhere in the right. indefinite future. Right. So, and I don't know when it's going to happen. So it's like all I can do is just try to. Now it's like, okay, would I show this song to Jack Douglas? Yeah. Right. So that that definitely raised the bar that and inspired bar. me. Yeah, and well, yeah. So no, I, I was I wasn't sure what I was getting ready. To say. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because here's this interesting dichotomy of the imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Deep sense of gratitude, yeah. just thankful for all the opportunities. Yeah. And then here's the other portion of you have the perfect storm right here mm-hmm. with the chemistry yeah. and it stems from a 25 odd year or so relationship with your friend Jack sure. Pyatt right. who's the executive producer yeah. now but also in somewhere in the middle there there's this deep rooted sense of of, of uh, loathing or, or, or uh, deprecation that we have self deprecate right. right as artists and you and I were inherently talking about this, right? yeah yes so I want to talk about this because first of all all the artists listening okay all the mm-hmm. hopeful artists who you know you're a musical artist but you haven't gotten that break yet yeah do not be discouraged definitely not because what yeah. Todd and I have been talking about yeah. in fact for the past several you know I am a textbook example of why you shouldn't be discouraged I've been doing this since the early 90s late right. 80s really if you get right down to it right and, right and it's just now beginning to coalesce. It, yeah, so, see that? Yeah. And, and and the perfect storm here is that it took all this time to actually, you know, concrete and, and build itself. Yeah. But not only that, you have all the right elements. It had you set out to in the nineties or some point tried to make this happen systematically. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have. You can't force things like that. There is there is a there is a kind of a whether you call it karma or just sowing right. seeds or luck or however you want to do it, there is an intangible thing at work yes. that you have no control over. You I can see. you can do your best to be prepared in whatever ilk you prefer to be in, whether it's me just getting a good ear or studying music or you know you can you can set the pieces you can you can set the tools in place, but it really it does come down to opportunities and taking advantage being there being open to them putting the energy out into the universe and being available and willing when when the time comes and yeah it's all kind of managed to line up for me in the last year or so well it's like in the definition of luck when opportunity meets preparedness exactly. so you were self-educating so again all of my artists out there all of my uh, hopeful aspiring career musicians on this level this upper echelon you know there is no such thing as luck prepare your ass off now yeah that way, when the door of opportunity does open, yeah. you just walk right through it. And just be cool in the meantime. Yes. Just be, it just comes down to respect and just treating people well. And, and, right. and that, that energy will return on you. You'll, yes. you'll find yourself surrounded by, it's been, I can't tell you, again, I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to blow smoke up your ass, but it's, <laughs> it's just been such an honor to, to be working with these, you mentioned Chris Thegpen, Destiny Patrell, Robin yes. Diaz. Thank you, Destiny. All of these talented people. And, and 
it's such an enthusiastic and optimistic and upbeat and cheerful and Eric G. I'm sorry. That's right. Yes. That's yeah. right. Like, and I knew Eric it. G. Yeah. It, well, it, he's you know, and it's funny because he's kind of like the un- unsung hero in the camp because yeah. he's my right hand man. Yeah. You know, literally. You know. Yeah. He he did a beautiful job mastering on the his mastering first song. Of the and first yeah, single. he's right. yeah, and he wrote That's the right. chart. He wrote charts out that I can't read <laughs> at the first session. I was like, oh, thank you for these. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, don't worry. And he's gonna yeah. write more. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it was just to to be in that yeah, yeah. environment where everybody was professional and cheerful and just looking forward to what the next day brings. It right. that really helps you feel like you belong. That's and, right. That's right. You know, so it, it helps. It helps bite. It helps battle that imposter syndrome that I was talking. There about. There you go. And, oh, by the way, and don't forget, we uh, we hooked up with Bernard Fowler from the Rolling yes, Stones, yeah. who's going to hopefully sing some BGVs yeah. on one of your. Tracks. I'm just slowly meeting yeah. all of my heroes. Yeah, and a big shout out to Steakhouse with yes. Sam Madhill and the gang yes, over Sam there Madhill, because yeah. they they have been an integral part just, to the yeah, project. It was, yeah. So I think the I think the if you zoom out the mm-hmm. overlying. Uh, consensus here sentiment if you yeah. will of this group of people yeah. that we have it's all about one word for me it's always been team yeah and i think everybody here would agree everybody with that. brings their strengths no yeah. one is no man is an island unto himself right that's an right. A- age-old problem sure. and it's the truth and you shouldn't operate in a vacuum can you operate in a vacuum youtube instagram and tiktok yes you can but i don't <laughs> advise it because you're gonna get even better work yeah when you collaborate well and just having the sounding board yes you know it yes. you it's that's that's the dangerous part of a vacuum too mm-hmm. you 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 don't you grow faster when you don't you've have had the a sounding board if you right. yeah, yeah yeah and and like i said it really it, it validates to being able to get the opportunity to work with with all with all you awesome cheerful just positive people <laughs> It made me feel like I said. It made me feel like I actually earned the place to be there. There you go. And and my wife had really good advice. She's much smarter than I am. <laughs> she as she, upper management usually. We've is. talked a lot about imposter syndrome over the last several years. Um, and um, she said, "Well, look at it this way: either either you have." talents that are worthy of these people because they're working with you i mean they they must see something in you that makes them want to 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 work with you yeah or you have managed to snow everybody (laughs) i was just gonna you have managed to somehow con everybody into (laughs) thinking you're you're which makes you an evil genius or she shakes you or that who are you where is my husband right right that's so you're the ultimate imposter which as as usual she she cut right to the point it's like yeah you're right okay all right you're either a really damn good actor or you're legitimate but at the same time you know you really you don't ever want to lose all of that because it keeps you humble it keeps you grounded and and it keeps you an artist because insecurity and self-doubt is where art comes from amen to that (laughs) and when you have arrived the the desire to work hard is not as strong let's face it right and and for it to happen relatively late in 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 my life as it is Mm -hmm. for me finally i it gives you a whole new sense of appreciation for it and and it's a whole new level like an a, a whole other level of gratitude. That's right. And um, it got uh, totally lost what I was going to say. No, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And now it's time for a breakdown. Yes. Actually, what okay. we mean is rapid fire. Oh. Eric, thank you, my friend. See, he's on rapid it. Rapid fire. Here we he go. Knew. All right, you ready? Okay. Let's see how. Let's, say, let's see how little sleep gets me here. Here we go. Top three artists in your playlist. 
Richard Thompson, Tom Petty, Led Zeppelin. Last movie you saw in the theaters? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Instrument you wish you played? Saxophone. Drink of choice. Libation, if you will. Iced tea. You're not even going to spike it Dude, with vodka I, I, or whiskey no, or something? No, man. I've never really right, been, right, never right. really been a, <laughs> that, that kind of guy. Dream collab. Dream collab. Wow. That is a... Man, how rapid fire does this have to be? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. Jack's um, got you booked for a gig, actually, so you got to hurry. Right. right. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> it true. It's true. It's no lie. I'd love to work with John Bonham. John Bonham. Okay. Yeah. Good. I like it. If he, if he was alive. If he was alive. But favorite food? Uh pizza sentimental favorite i can't really eat it very much anymore but yeah, I still, we were talking about yeah, that yeah exactly once you get to be years old yeah favorite city favorite city um oh my god uh <laughs> i'm so bad at this dayton well yeah dayton it's home yeah, okay it'll always be home as entertainers we entertain people all the time what entertains the mr todd widener what entertains me yeah uh i'm really pretty boring i like to read I like okay. to I like to go for a walk. I know. Oh, I, sorry. Wait. Are yeah. We still doing this is that, <laughs> right. Exactly. This is wow. This is some edgy rock and roll stuff we're getting into I love here. It. Hidden yeah. talents. Hidden talents. Um, drawing. Love that. Which do you prefer, studio or live performance? Live. Musical guilty pleasure. Do you have some Debbie Gibson in there? Now? Don't believe in them. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I like if you that. like something, you, you like you it. Like it. Favorite decade of music. Yeah, within reason. You don't have. Doesn't have to be. I'll hard. pin it down. I, I'm partial to the year I was born, and I guess I, I by saying it, I'm going to completely give away my age. But no, I was I was born in '70. It was a hell of a year for music. Ah, see, and yeah. the '70s. I was born in '72, mm-hmm. so I think the '70s yeah. are super. Late funny. '60s, early like the ten year the ten year stretch between '65 and '75. Love it, love yeah. it. Your friends, such as Jack Pyatt, sitting over here to mm-hmm. our right, would say you are. Man, besides handsome, talented, and everything else, <laughs> punctual. One of your favorite songwriters of all time. Yeah. Of all time. Love it. it. It has zero to do with the, with the fact that I know. There you, you know, go. <laughs> this, that's legit. I love My it. Mount Thank Rushmore you. of songwriters. He's on. Wow. Mount Thank Rushmore you, of songwriters for Jack Pyatt. Uh, I blush. Todd Widener made that. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Love it. And I can attest to that. You are a lyrical gangster, my friend. Thank gangster. you. Thank you. Friend. So, song or band that changed your life? Artist? Well, yeah. One. I mean, Just name one. I well, know you have many. Yeah. Uh, Van Halen. Van Halen. My fandom of Eddie Van Halen, like past healthy fandom and went into identity crisis. You know, like I did, I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Can you imagine if you and I ran into each other oh, at that we would, age yeah. when we were teenagers? We would have been completely be geeking Eddie, out. Like, yeah. Would, yeah. That would have been not so. <laughs> but, it, you know, actually, Jimi Hendrix probably more than anybody. He's there probably my biggest musical influence. It's just, I like that. He's, he, he, he's the total package. I like so. that. Last concert you attended. You did not play, hmm. you just attended. Uh, X in San Francisco, the X. band X. Tell us. I don't know band X. Uh, X is a pioneering LA punk band. Got it. Uh, yeah, okay. and they were they were one of the one of the first in the X and X and the Germs, and it was like uh, late seventies pioneers gotcha. of the LA punk scene. Uh, they they played up at the Independent in San Francisco. I'm a huge gotcha. fan of theirs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what a great city to go see live music. San it's Man. a good it's a good concert town. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, and finally, what would you do, my friend, besides carpentry? <laughs> if you weren't a career musician, because I'm not going to let you get away with that easy. Oh man, uh, what would I do? You know, before I before I caught the music bug, I was going to be a pilot. 
I wanted to I be like a pilot. That. I'm an airplane geek. So. so turbulence does not scare you. Oh no, I don't really. That's the thing. I love airplanes, but I don't really like flying all that much. So okay, I am a, a complicated guy. I'm, I'm a big baby. Yeah. Turbulence scares the crap yeah. out of me. And all my friends who fly, they're like, "Dude, chill. We're well, not that, gonna die from this." And I'm also six five, and I can't afford uh, to not ride in coach. So flying and you know taking a flight is kind of an ordeal yeah. that I have to put up with to get where I'm going I at this point. I feel your pain. I'm yeah. not 6'5", I'm 6, yeah. but I still get your feel but I do, pain. But I do love, but I do love planes, and I was going to be a fighter pilot, you know, before I realized I didn't like math enough, and, and, you know, that was what I had my sights set on until I picked up guitar. Wow. Yeah, yeah. whole major sea change. You well, know. I am glad, yeah. and the universe is glad that you did. <laughs> I'm glad I did too. My brother, welcome to the Career Musician. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you for being so much there. for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.